Welcome to the quantum realm, all of you pop culture fans. This is Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me hand in hand in the quantum realm, we're drifting through and trying to find each other as well as you. It's Drew Douglas. Yeah, this is like a variant of myself. I don't know which one's me. Uh, Am I even real? I, I question that every single day. If we're in a simulation or not, weirdly enough, things will happen every single day. It is funny that you say that because there is a video, was a video rather a few days ago. It was going viral and did did you see this? And it was like a plane that was like hanging in midair or something like that. Um, so, and I was thinking back, the one thing that made me think about this was I ended up um, seeing uh, my sister recently and I was, I was on a flight and I was flying in and the plane was landing, but it was traveling at such a similar uh, speed to another plane, and it looked like a plane off in the distance was just hanging there. And I'm like, how great would it be if Jordan Peele was doing promotion oh, for Nope 2? And he just had How did I know you were going to bring up Jordan Peele? Oh, actually, uh, speaking of, I got to do a quick plug here. I am literally staring at the Jordan Peele Pop Funko right now. Um, my girlfriend ended up getting this uh, for me as a gift, and I told her that I've wanted it. So I've got Jordan Peele and Stephen King next to each other. You're plugging Funkos? Is that what the plug's for, or just that you have something cool? Uh, kind of both. <laughs> humble brag. Yeah, I need I need one of those. I, I want the Stephen King one. Oh, man. I think there's several of them. Yeah. But the one I've got is where his head is covered in blood, and he's holding an hat, oh, a little hatchet with blood on it. And it's then like the one where he's got a little book in his hand. And then, yeah, exactly. And he's got a book in his other hand. Now, here's the fun thing about that. My mom and I've got to go uh, small tangent. My mom got that for me. My parents actually got that for me for Christmas. Didn't come in for like a year and a half. And it finally shows up. And then apparently that was out of stock. And I don't know what was going on. But I finally, nonetheless, I got it. I never thought I would end up getting it. But there are multiple versions of that Stephen King, as you said, that's probably the most violent, and I've got that displayed front and center at work. <laughs> and I've never been questioned about it. But the funny thing is, there's uh, there's one time someone kept looking down at it, and I noticed that, and I'm like, yeah, that's just Stephen King where he's glaring at me so that if I don't do my best writing, as he says, it's all killer, no filler, and it might be more uh, more serious than just metaphorically speaking. They were silent. They had no idea. They're like, this guy's lost his mind. He's gone crazy. I want an M. Night Shyamalan one. Ooh, that would be good. Why do they not have one of those? That would be amazing. They they definitely need to increase their directors, the the director choices that they've got, because I've only seen like Peel, Spike Lee. Um, don't they I have feel... a Ron Howard one? Oh, really? Okay. Those should all just be put together and burned. Like That oh. doesn't seem right. He's wearing a little spacesuit from Apollo 13. It's February 20th that we're recording on. So the month is almost over. It's weird. And today we're going to talk about one of the most, hmm, what do we call this? One of the most, would you consider this one of the most anticipated movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, I would say, I mean, right now, yeah, sure. Because it's kicking off phase five. It is kicking off phase five. And I think since there is such a, such a, I can't say precedence, but it's trying to set a precedence now that Kang is introduced in this and he's supposed to be our next Thanos, our next big threat to the MCU. So yeah, I would, I would say this is probably the most anticipated of phase five and at least, yeah. In a while, I would say, I would say even in phase four, this yeah. is the most anticipated MCU movie since Endgame. Even though you could you could scoff at it because it is an Ant-Man film, which have tended to be lighter in tone um, and just singular stories. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, kicking off something that's going to be very massive moving forward. It's been absolutely ripped by critics. 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, which they say is... It's tied for the lowest in the MCU with Eternals. These movies generally have gotten such 
good to great reviews from the beginning that seeing something in the 40s at this point is i guess expected to a degree but also still shocking yeah. like 47% seems too low so i think maybe just what's crazy too is you and i saw this last week and i i have not gotten a single hint if you liked it if you hated it i haven't said anything i have butterflies in my stomach cuz usually i have an inkling of if you're going to like it or not. And I and everyone I've talked to, it's been almost radically different how everyone has felt about this movie, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I kind of enjoy that. So having seen this movie, uh, I have to know, is this the most disappointing entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever? I got to say, is it the most disappointing? And I'll say, absolutely not. I don't think so. I, I, well, can you answer I, what the most disappointing entry is? D- hands down, Thor Love and Thunder. My argument's going to be this, because I think it is. This is the most disappointing? This is supposed to be building something massive moving forward. And for me, this whole movie is just not good. Actually, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, probably the best that I've, I've heard in terms of like, uh, saying like, because I've I've talked to several, and I've read several reviews where it's just like bashing it for reasons that I'm like, I mean, I get it, but it's not really that fair to do that. Now, I would say if you're going to look at it's hinging something that's not just a phase, but a large chunk of what the MCU will be, because this is supposed to affect us for phase five. I mean, even phase four, there are parts of it. Yeah, and beyond, exactly. So we're we're leading into phase six, which is two massive Avengers film, one focusing on Kang. This should be this should be like the entrance of Thanos and I don't even know, Infinity War, something like that. Like imagine if Thanos would come in and just it was a huge wet fart. That's what I feel like this is in a lot of ways. Um, and I th- I have some theories on why maybe this doesn't work as much, but yeah, this to me has got to be at least on first watch. Uh, it's not a bad movie. It's not like some of those old Fox comic movies that you were just like comic book movies that you were like, this is just like not a good movie. It's not yeah. a bad movie, but it is not good. That is something that I I think there are a lot of good ingredients here. And some have improved as we've gone through the Ant-Man trilogy. And some have even improved as we've gone along in the MCU. And I'll get into that when we start talking about some of those aspects, um, more specifically about actors. But looking at, and and maybe that's where I need to differentiate the it, this being a good or bad movie versus this being a disappointing entry because... Looking at what you've pointed out, that totally makes sense. And I I still can't say it's the most disappointing entry. Um, I might change my feeling on that. Right now, I don't think that's the case. Mainly because when I walked out of the movie, I'm like, wait, why is it in the 40s? That was my first thought. Um, I, I will say the thing, too... And that's whenever I had to call my girlfriend. I talked to her for an hour, hour and a half after the movie. And I said, it's so weird because like reading the reviews and it was where I was basing it off of the critics. And then the audience scores started coming out. And it was like in the mid to upper 80s, which, as you said at the beginning of this episode, it's hard to judge that on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, if you take cinema score and you look at that, which is tied with the Eternals at the lowest, but it's still a B. That's actually what I would give this movie. I would say it's more along the B level of like, there are good things with this. For example, I think the Wasp or Evangeline Lily, she's improved. There are things that, there are some things that have, um, are worse. And there are also things that I feel like are a bit disappointing. And unfortunately, as much as I love Jonathan Majors, as an actor, as much as I love Kang, I think Kang is probably one of the most disappointing things about this movie for multiple reasons. And I think it's the way he's written, and it's also the decisions made with his character. It has nothing to do with Jonathan Majors. I think he brings his A-game. He's awesome. I think 
a lot of the actors and actresses in this movie bring what they can. I just think it's the material they're given, unfortunately. So we'll get into characters in a moment. I I thought we'd start with what works. And I'm literally looking at my notes and I have nothing written down. So in terms of the things that work, I do, and, and I'll touch on basically the uh, the actors, because with this movie, we do have... Uh, now I say I say that with Evangeline Lilly because I I like her more than in the second movie, and I think overall like it seems to me that the character has grown, at least I've enjoyed more, and I didn't realize that until like maybe midway through this, and I thought why not just call this Ant Man Quantum Manium, and then I'm like actually I think it's deserving to say Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Um, the other thing is, I do love like the interactions. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I love. I wish we could see more of, and we got more of her in this movie. Um, there are a few weird things I felt. Um, it just choices that I think they make, and that will be on my um, on the things that I don't really like as much. Uh, just like it, one major thing I've heard is that in the beginning you see a lot of difference with the characters and the way they act and behave. But then as the movie goes on, it's almost like they all become one character and they're all this quippy character. I mean, Paul Rudd's always fun. He's a lot of, uh, like, he brings an energy to Scott Lang and Ant-Man. That's really cool to see. And Jonathan Majors, I love to see um, in this. And I think... There have been some interesting discussions of like his delivery in this and the way he presents himself. I do think it's like an actor. He's great. I love like they've chosen the right guy to end up having so many different personalities and different kings and different variations. I think that's amazing that they've chosen Jonathan Majors because I can't see what else he or I can't wait to see what else he brings to this character. And it makes me excited. However, I know a lot of those decisions based on what Peyton Reed had for like this movie and especially in the post-credits and end-credits scene. Um, just like looking ahead at what we will end up getting. Um, it, I, I think that they're going to change that significantly. Um, and I even think that they could end up changing the outcome of Kang the Conqueror in this. Well... You know what? Peyton said this is locked in. He's dead. Which is so weird. And I'll get, I, this is one of my complaints just in general is Darren Cross survives basically the same thing in the first Ant-Man. So why in the right. world is King? I mean, he gets like zapped away, but he right. he dies? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And and so that that is a negative uh, for that. Um, and then... The other thing is, I enjoyed some of the minor characters, but I just wish that they were used in a different way. Um, I really wish, not necessarily like, oh, well, we have to have a small-scale Ant-Man. I enjoyed, like, raising the stakes, but these are... I think if they had set this up in terms of changing the... Ant-Man is like, don't count out the little guy and all that. I, I really like that story. That's that's cool. To me, I love the the first third of this movie the first act i really like god that's interesting i thought it was awful see i i like setting that up and where it's like what is he doing with his life because we haven't gotten that with all the uh, other avengers like what are we yeah but that that makes up like maybe six minutes of the movie and then they're in the quantum realm yeah maybe it maybe it it is longer than what i remember but i'm like the the first act of this, I, I was like, this is rough. That see, that's where I want to see more of like not necessarily like a family drama, but I just wanted to spend a little more time with some of those characters in that way. And like the quantum realm, once again, that was once we're in that, it does become like I'm not gonna say a totally different movie, but I like I enjoyed it. It just that's where a lot of things start changing for me. Like the 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 characters kind of bleed together, um, and then I mean once again we've got as I mentioned some of the side characters like William Jackson Harper ends up popping up as is it Quaz, um, and I liked I I liked him but once again I'm like is this really 
should we should we do this right now? I don't know. Like it, it felt like there were there are a lot of those things that were presented. I, my point is like I feel like the first part of this movie, you've got a story that if you were to continue with that in the back half and the rest of the movie, you could carry that over into the quantum realm. And it is about how do you juggle this balance? But it's not just this balance, but you've escaped the quantum realm and it's a serious threat. And now your daughter's in this. And that's where I'm like, okay, well, what if they went down this rabbit hole of there are two things. One, if Scott is stuck in the quantum realm and he sacrifices himself. But then the second thing is, if Kang, what if it was more about the, okay, don't count out the little guy, but we've got uh, Kang in this and he's able to be a much more menacing threat to read, okay, I might not know what you're going to do to react, but I know once you react and that's this version's timeline, I will have an answer to it. And it's going to be, it's basically like, once again, we, this will be a weird uh, comparison, but it's like Blaine the Train and the Dark Tower series. <laughs> Don't get into that. Where no, the only Because we, we got to explain Blaine the Train. Where, where the only way that they could trick him is that it's basically coming up with some way of like, mm, I don't know. It's almost like a puzzle. And so that's a way with Kang. I'm like, if they were to do that with Kang here, that would have made him a much bigger threat period and that's that's what i wanted ultimately which obviously that stuff leads into my negatives and yeah or right, right now it sounds like a lot of bad stuff and you're supposed to be talking about what's good about this movie uh well i so i don't i don't have much else to say in terms of like positives because i mean that's i i don't really i can't really expand on a lot of the positives other than the fact that of those things that i did mention i mean it was entertaining yes it was it was a mildly entertaining two hours. I think some of the ingredients are there. I actually like that one of the main plots of the movie is a heist within the quantum realm. It's just he's got to go zap something to shrink it down, and it's boring. Yeah. And there's really no stakes to it other than I got to shrink this down, and how am I going to do it? It's so lame. I guess, like I said, the biggest thing, if you're kicking off phase five, this is supposed to be so huge. I, I had a hard time caring about this Thanos level threat. And then it did make me look back and appreciate the slow build of Thanos in the yeah. early phases. Cause we were just given these great breadcrumbs basically leading up to his eventual attack. And I guess there is an argument to that, that it took too long, but I think in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, it's perfect. We, we established all these characters. We got to know them. We teased the Thanos thing, and by the time it happened, you were like so fully invested. Everything post Endgame, the movies and the shows, they all feel so underbaked to me. Story wise, you kind of mentioned this. I I don't know why they didn't dive deeper into like Scott and Cassie's relationship because they have this good idea of like missed time between the two and getting that time back, but it's just not explored in any good way. And then I really had a hard time figuring out who the movie like the main focus was, and this is maybe a problem with some of these Marvel movies, but it felt in a lot of ways like Janet's movie. Yeah. It felt in a lot of ways like Cassie's movie. I didn't think it felt like Scott's movie. And this has maybe the most baffling Marvel ending I've ever seen. I mean, it really boils down to the story overall, because I felt like this was a tale of two movies. Um, and as I said earlier, that's, for me, I I just think that it should have been hashed out more and thought like, which do, do you have the second half and tell that more? Like I I think they had these elements, these breadcrumbs that were started. For example, like Shang Chi and that post credit scene, we see that there's a beacon that's going off, and Shang Chi's like, "Where is this going? Like, where is this coming from?" And then that's like a tease to the quantum realm, and it's like. King trying to get out. I think that's interesting. But once again, it's like these breadcrumbs have been laid for a while. But as far as like the choices, for example, um, King, 
love King the Conqueror in, in terms of like him being slightly annoyed, maybe a little just mm, um how what would be the best way? Just like he's gone through the motion so much he's a little bored. And it's a mixture of that and like being well thought out. But when we get the Council of Kings at the very end and we see the reveal of all the kings going to like say, okay, well now this is a threat. We've got to go take them out. A lot of those choices with so King, the way I've always seen is that he's a very meticulous person. And yeah, it's almost like a cage of animals at the end where they're just like letting loose. And it's like, what's more menacing to me is someone who is like how Kang presents himself in this as Kang the Conqueror, where he's very precise and it's like he's well thought out. Um, and a few things like how he's like monologuing. It's like some of the tropes that they've always, that Marvel's fallen into in the past and how they've got a problem with, they've fallen back into that trap, including killing Kang at the end of this movie instead of keeping him alive or at least thwarted. And um, I think a lot of it really boils down to if he's such a big bad, why is he not more menacing? I think there are a lot of good things and qualities about King, but I know everyone that it seems like have talked about this, like, oh, I love King. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I like him. I don't love him. I think they like Jonathan Majors. I think that's what that is. I don't know if they're... Because I, I had a hard time believing this guy is an Avengers-level threat. Right. He's like this all-powerful being that we're shown and then is basically taken down by a swarm of ants. I yeah. thought that was dumb as hell. Yeah. He comes back and he can't beat Ant-Man in a one-on-one fight, which is just embarrassing. Yeah. Yet he's destroyed the Avengers and all these different timelines. I uh, It just, nothing adds up. Right. My question, I had this question too, and this is just a random one. He has this quip to Scott. He's like, oh, you're not the one, are you the one with the hammer? Is he being a troll? I, I've read that as where Peyton Reed seriously thinks that he's like, I just can't remember. There have been too many of those. But I like to think more along the lines of maybe how Majors is delivering it where he is being a troll. He knows. He's just doing that to mess with you. And I like that. Or it's legit. Like, I, I destroyed you guys so easily that I, I can't even keep track. Because you guys are so not and, on And my that's level. one thing that I, I like that aspect. But once again, it's like, show us. Don't tell us. And that's where I've got, I actually got really annoyed because there are a lot of like the environment of like the quantum realm. It's cool seeing that. But once again, it's like some of that rebellion and all that stuff. It feels very Star Wars. I've seen that comparison. But it does feel that way. And it's like, okay, well, are we telling that story? Because... That eats up a lot of the time. That could have been spent on other things. And I think, just like you said, we do take a lot of that off of Scott and the Wasp or, or Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it's more focused on a lot of these areas. And the story is just spread way too thin. I think that's my my ultimate issue. And the funny thing is, like, over, we haven't even gotten to freaking MODOT. MODOT. We'll get to but, MODOT. Don't uh, worry. Okay, because I was going to say, that's another thing where... Like, you brought that up where Darren is zapped and sent into the quantum realm. And, like, in theory, it's not bad, like, what they did with that. But if we're going back to this character, it was a, it was a good way to bring that character back. But a lot of time spent on MODOK. And it's like, okay, well, this honestly felt like Peyton Reed was trying to be like a Taika Waititi and create like what Taika did with Love and Thunder and say, okay, well, there's a lot of spaghetti against the wall. What's your strands of the spaghetti that you wanted us? You know, like you said, you like which which version, who is this targeted to and, and all that? Um, I mean, there, so, there's one character in here that is, he's he, the guy that wrote this is like literally trying to do his best Taika. I, I think not only that, but it's also interesting because it's like Peyton Reed is like, I also want to do a Fantastic Four. And this was like my version of this. I'm like, huh. God help me. I mean, this the trajectory of the MCU at this point is concerning. But this this is the first one where I'm like, I'm concerned about Fantastic Four. Like, I think that could end up being very bad. Ultimately, loves, hates, Kang the Conqueror. And this is not a, this is not a knock on Jonathan Majors. I think he does good with the mediocre 
content that he's given. As an actor, I, I've said this from the very beginning when we first saw Jonathan Majors, the first movie that I ever saw with him, uh, The Last Black Man in, in San Francisco. Fantastic. I've been watching him ever since. He's great. There's not, no shade on him at all. It's the direction. I think that's where my main uh, issue lies in this movie. So for the character, though, I would say hates. It's a huge misstep, but at least he's dead. <laughs> we, can, we can maybe get it maybe get it right uh of the main character scott lang paul rudd i think the material is actually so weak that this was the first time i questioned whether rudd was good as scott lang he didn't leave an impact on me and honestly at times during this movie i'm like he's in over his head he's He's not great. Which, honestly, yeah. I, I have to say that that's another thing where I think Ant-Man takes a step down because it's more of an ensemble movie. I think Reed wanted to create an Avengers movie, uh, but masked as an Ant-Man. So, therefore, I also have to say hates on Ant-Man, sadly. Sometimes sometimes he's not good. We should know, too, this is the first Ant-Man movie where he's not Paul Rudd is not given a screenwriting credit. Yeah. Uh, you had positive things to say about Evangeline Lilly, an actress that I don't mind. I like her. I thought she was wasted in this. 75% of her dialogue is just her reacting or asking questions about things that could be explained in scenes or it's just setting up the plot. It's so bad. She's so awful in this movie. I need, now Now I'm curious to like go and... Because, well, that's another discussion that I'll save at the, at the end of this, but... Honestly, I have to say loves. I I liked her. You shocked me when you said that. I was complaining about this on the drive home. And I think because they made her such a priority in the first two movies that she feels like she carries her weight. And this just goes to the bad writing, in my opinion, where there is no focus for this movie. And she doesn't have to be the main character, but like give her something. Um, yeah. Supporting characters, loves, hates. Cassie Lang, Catherine Newton plays this character in this one, a different actress than who we see in Endgame. Um, I found Cassie annoying as hell. <laughs> I mean, you can just, you could tell Feige and company are really laying the groundwork for like this next wave of characters that are going to lead right. the, the MCU moving forward. And I don't want to like sound like an old fogey, but I could care less. She was obnoxious from the get-go. And again, there's no like good dynamic with her and Scott. We don't explore the the time that they've missed together. I mean, there's some cute moments, but golly, dude, she sucked. <laughs> oh my oh. god, she sucked. So that's three three hates for me already. You know, this is this is weird because I am a little torn. I'm I'm in the middle because she didn't annoy me. I liked her. The acting but... is fine. It's not it's not performance wise. Yeah. And and that's where it's like, she's like okay. I knew we're introduced you know, to her, and she's just like getting arrested because she was at a protest. I'm like, this seems like it was written by a 17 year old. Like this is bad. Now see that that's where it is taking that down for me as a hate for this character because there are certain things that are just very weak about this. And once again, it's not a knock on her. It just like it, mm, that could have been a lot better, or that sh that should have been a lot better. Should have been, should have, woulda, coulda. Oh. Uh, Hank Pym, Michael Douglas. First two movies, I think he's fine. He had this glazed-over look in his eyes <laughs> for this one, <laughs> and he's just spouting out terrible dialogue. And I I felt actually bad for poor Michael. It's like he wants to get the <laughs> heck out of this universe, and he's like, "How in the heck did I get into this movie?" Um, he he's just like he's not relevant in this movie and I also I want to say this we predicted who's going to live and who's going to die how do we have this movie with such massive stakes literally that is no so one strange. dies how do we not kill off Hank Pym it makes no sense yeah that that is that's weird honestly I think that half of these characters should have been it, it like if he's a Thanos level villain Half of the characters, if not all of them, all of hell, kill them all. We can't kill them all, though, because we do need this is the issue with Endgame. We we lost the two big hitters and we've been floundering ever since. If we want, we have to keep some of these people. So you got to keep Scott. I don't know. Not gonna I, kill, I, I, I would have killed someone, though. I mean, how 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 wild would that have been if they did end up taking out, you know, Scott? 
that would have been huge. I just, and then mm. and then I'm like, okay, then I believe the that this dude is he's a badass and he's yeah. out for blood. So loves hates on Hank. I don't. It's not. It's it's not like he's bad. I just think it felt like uh, a lot of these. I think they're working with the green screen and there's nothing real around yeah. them and you could just tell that's probably very tiring to have to do yeah this. i i have to i have to say hates on hank because there there's some stuff there but man it's just not enough it's just so stink stink fest he spends 90 percent of the movie sticking his hands in goo flying a plane around <laughs> like it's just i can't imagine he he wanted to <laughs> spend the bulk of the movie um doing that now the so I got I got loves or not loves I got hates across the board so far, but there is one person I do think does pretty well of the main cast and it's Michelle oh, Pfeiffer. Yeah, I thought she was she seemed like she was trying. I dug her. She's still a total babe. Yeah, she. But yeah. the this is what I I mean the Janet stuff is awful to some degree because it this does that stupid thing where a character holds like crucial details to themselves it's like why are you not saying talking about king yeah like what just spill it prepare everybody it's awful and she keeps beginning of the movie she keeps hearing the quantum realm and she's acting jittery just say it just say we shouldn't do this and <laughs> explain why and they'll stop and you would avoid all this but i still think michelle she acted yeah you know i felt like she acted right. So she's my lone loves. Yeah, she's great. I, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. And I know, as we said in The Last Ant-Man, we want more of her. And we got more of her. Um, and this was good. This is her movie, I right? Kinda, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that's the other thing. It's like, why didn't why didn't we just get... That would be cool to like, flip it. And that's where, instead of Ant-Man, it's a secret Janet movie and change it. And then it like flips the script. That would have been cool. But... We didn't get that. Uh, the new characters you mentioned, Quaz by William Jackson Harper, which hilariously enough, there was all these rumors months and months ago that he was secretly playing Reed Richards, <laughs> Mr. Fantastic of uh, the Fantastic Four. He's not. He's in this movie and he does things, but he's not memorable and he sucks. And it's a complete waste of having this good actor that we'll probably never see again. Yeah. So I'm going to say hates. I, I thought he was okay and serviceable uh, in this. Um, I, I'll say loves. I enjoyed him, but I am worried that, yeah, mm. we won't ever get him again. <sighs> uh, Bill Murray's in this. He plays Lord's Cry Lord Krylar, who apparently at some point when Janet was trapped in the quantum realm for all those years, they banged. Which I found strange. Like she, she loves her husband, yet she's in this situation, and is just banging some stranger. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's in this for like five minutes. He actually was in this a little more than I expected. I mean, I thought he was fine in this. I enjoyed him. Um, I, I won't say that. Once again, he was kind of in between for me. Um, I know that apparently he approached Catherine Newton and is like, "I want to do this." And so that's how he ended up in it. So I, I'll say loves for that, for that reason. I'll say loves too. He's a douchebag, <laughs> but I think he was kind of playing himself, which I think is funny. I can imagine him like, yelling at waiters and stuff. <laughs> we have Veb, a goo creature voiced by Suicide Squad and Ant-Man actor David Desmalchian. The, yeah. I think is how you say his name. This is one of the, this is the character that they were like, we got to do something like taika would do it's this weird thing that just talks about holes and it's obsessed with human holes uh you know like your ears your nose your mouth your b-hole your pee hole and it was weird kind of humorous then also just like i'm like is this this seems like strange content for almost a family yeah. film I, I i guess i kind of like the absurdity of it though it felt taboo in a strange way that i can't fully explain so i i'm on the fence about whether i think it's loves or hates uh, that's honestly with this character it was weird because it was almost like a childlike character but then i'm like talking about holes though it's like not 
Yeah, it's like that's a paradox. It feel like it's. Um, I I'll say loves as well, but it just seems uh, it's almost paradoxical, and I kind of like it for that reason. Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted. I don't know. Um, and then last but not least, we have Modoc played by Corey Stoll, who was the uh, yellow, yellow jacket in the first mm-hmm. one, and he sucked away, and he becomes Modoc in this. I had a lot of fun with Modoc. I, I, this is one of the bright spots of the movie because it's it's just so silly. He looked absurd, which I loved. <laughs> People have complained about the look of him, like his face looked yeah. terrible. And I think that's the point. I think he was supposed to look how he looked, uh, kind of cheapy in a way. But th- again, this is like a strange choice on their part. Why in the heck are they introducing him only to only to kill him off? Right. Leave him around. I think his death one is d- the the lingering death scene made me laugh like the vomiting and oh i'm part of the avengers and we're like best friends and stuff like that it's humorous but it's been beaten to death like that (laughs) happens in one of those dumb deadpool movies where he dies for five minutes right that's where like truthfully i i thought this ended up getting a harsher rap than it did because it's like oh he looks so bad yeah he looked bad but i think that that was as you said intentional and i was okay with that and the fact that we know who it is, and it was set up from Ant-Man, the first film. And so I'm cool with that. I'm fine. Um, I, I do think there are a lot of things that made me laugh about him. Um, I do think that it's there are a lot of weird things, but I, was, I mean, I was fine with it. I, I had more fun with it, and that's where, like I told my girlfriend, if you are okay with MODOK, I think that you will be a little more forgiving on this movie because a lot of the complaints when I first heard like right out of the theater is about Modoc. Either those liked him or hated him. And it's weird though, because I I found him to be one of the most enjoyable parts. <laughs> uh, I will say that it was I, I liked it. I liked Mo Modoc, but You like, like his little you, legs? He's like yeah, it's like he's sitting on a little roller coaster. I, I did I did find that funny, um, like cause they were joking around about that. But yeah, I th- it's but it is strange, like, once again, boiling it down, that's a paint and read decision of killing him off. It's like, why not, why not? And maybe, maybe he will be revived or so. I don't know. I guess the thing now that they've opened up is anyone can die and be brought back because of the multiverse, which is... Right. I can't tell if that's the dumbest thing ever because it does take away the impact. Like, yeah. Tony's death is amazing. And it's perfect. Would I want to see Tony again? Sure. But it does take away from his death, even though we're getting a different version of that character. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I don't know if we need him again. Maybe they just felt, moving forward, there's no room for him in any other movie. Like, how are we going to... We're not going back to the quantum realm. Is he going to escape and be flying around New York City? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I do have to ask, is is this better than anything in Phase 4? We have Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi uh, Eternals, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever. Is this better than anything in Phase 4? And Phase 4 was something that got ripped. Yeah, I think I think this is better than Love and Thunder. I'm just, and looking back, I'm just not a... Love and Thunder was okay, but I just, I think... If I go back and watch that, I will enjoy it more. But it was almost like Taika unhinged. Oh, yeah. And it's just like sure. an overload. It doesn't get much better on the rewatch. I at least it didn't for me. And and that's and so that's the big buzzword here for me because I'm thinking of rewatch. Which of these would I rewatch? Um and I think it's better than Love and Thunder. I do I think it's like, man, I it's weird because one major argument, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and we were looking at how this compares on Rotten Tomatoes with uh, Eternals. And once again, Eternals, that's something where this is very much so like a Marvel cookie-cutter movie. Eternals was not. And so I can understand where that got ripped, and this got ripped, but for very different reasons. There are problems I've got with Eternals, but I can't, after thinking about it, I don't know if I can really say 
this is better or worse than Eternals. They have very different issues. But I and since that was in phase four, that would be the only other movie that it would come close to. But as of right now, I'll say that it's like right in line. Um, but very, like I said, very different reasons. Um, I think as a direct, for the movie Eternals directing, there are a lot of choices made in that that were good. I just, I find the characters overall to be problematic. And I don't know how you have a team like that. And that's a whole nother discussion. So that would be my answer. For sure over Love and Thunder, Eternals, like maybe side by side with that. I also see where like others did not like Multiverse of Madness. I liked it because I like Sam Raimi. If it weren't for that, I I would say Ant-Man might be a little bit higher. Maybe, maybe. But I love Sam Raimi too much. Looking at this list, though, the, the only other, I think, MCU movie that I could argue is the most disappointing ever is No Way Home. Just because I don't necessarily think they handled the potential of the multiverse in that movie as well as they could have. But this this still gets, I think, my vote at this point. In terms of the MCU rankings overall, you don't have to lock it in. Because I always need to see things multiple times before I can officially lock it in. But if you had to say high, mid, or low tier, this for sure, this is at the moment in my head, in my bottom three. I, I would say that it's in low tier Marvel, but I don't think it's like bottom. I don't... My my first gut reaction is it's not in the bottom of Marvel, um, but it's in like if, if we're having high, mid, low, it's in low, but I'd say it's in upper low. It pulled in one hundred and four million dollars in its three day, three day opening. One hundred and eighteen total when you factor in President's Day, so the four day weekend. Uh, I think it's fine if we guess the second week drop like how what percentage is this going to drop in its second weekend if you look at the past three releases Wakanda Forever dropped 63 percent but it also debuted with 181 million Love and Thunder dropped 68 percent but debuted at 144 million and then Multiverse of Madness dropped 67 percent in its second week but it debuted at 187 so the higher percentage drops make sense if you're making $200 million in your opening weekend because the bulk of the yeah. people that want to see it have seen it. When you're only making $100 million, I am, and, and, and then I think mixed word of mouth, I have to think the drop is going to be huge for this. I'm going to say 69%. See, I'm backing off a little bit because originally I thought it would be in the 70s. I was surprised to see the last three dropped off that much. Um, yeah, and that's where I'm like, oh man, if, and technically with, with the numbers, man, I want to, I'll actually want to say it's going to be like, I'll say 66. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It doesn't have much competition with Cocaine Bear because both of those are splitting the audiences. There's no way, I mean, you'll have some go see Cocaine Bear with, you know, from Ant-Man, but I still think that the hold will be decent until we get Jonathan Majors going up against himself. We're going to have Jonathan Majors as one and two when Creed three comes out. A good old-fashioned Kang bang. So we do have seven minutes left. Do you want to make Rotten Tomatoes predictions for some big movies coming out? Yeah, why not? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven. <laughs> uh, we have one movie coming out. In February, the rest are all March. And I would like to say I'm off to a hot start. I got Ant-Man correct. And then I got, what was the other one? Knock. Knock of the Cabin. Oh, yeah. Knock of the Cabin. So I'm 2-0 and o on the 2023 season. And this year, we're going all the way through the year. No bonus points, just one point each. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reclaim my crown because I got my <laughs> butt kicked last year by you. So Cocaine Bear, um, what are you thinking? This, I, I have no desire to see this. It has local ties to where I live now, Knoxville, Tennessee, which I guess would make it kind of fun to go see, but I, I, it doesn't look good to me. But it's not, it's not true because I want to say the original story happened in like Georgia or something like that. Um, 
Well, there is. It's weird because this is like a widespread story where cocaine dropped here in Knoxville, and then like the bear attack was like Kentucky. Uh, okay. So it's all connected because they would do like like it did happen here in some degree. Okay. Um. You know, I think this one will be people will see this as a oh this is a fun movie. I'm gonna say a flat eighty. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 65%. 65%. Now, one of the big releases of March, you mentioned Jonathan Majors. It's Creed 3. This is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. I don't know what the last two got, but I know they got pretty good reviews. I know Creed did, and then Creed 2, I think, was quite a bit lower, but still got good reviews. I'm going to lock in, hmm. I'll say 84%. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Doing, I should say, too, I got nothing written down. I'm doing these on the fly. That's fun because I said, I'm said i saying 85. Ooh. Um, so I pulled up Creed 2. It's 83%. Creed 1, 95%. Okay. Creed is warranted. Creed 2 seems a little high. Yeah. I like it. I like it better rewatching it. Still not still not great. I think I think there's some wonky stuff about that, but it, it finds its footing eventually. Adam Driver's in a new dinosaur movie called 65. What are you thinking about this? This is actually, I think, a perfect like regal pass. I wouldn't pay to go see this. But if you're going to let me see it for free, then, yeah, I'll go watch some dinosaurs. I hope it doesn't look cheap, though. Yeah. And so far, I think it looks fine, but Sony is my big red flag. Yeah, that's honestly, I don't know. This movie, I like I told you, I can't quite decide. Just to be poetic, I'm going to no. get- Give Don't you 65. dare do it. No, that's what I wanted to do. Are you serious? Yeah. I was like, there's only one number that's fitting and it's 65%. Um, gosh, do I go high low? Better chance if I go 64. Yeah. I think Holy this crap. Is... Uh you know what? I'm going 66. Oh wow. Okay. I think there's gonna be enough comparisons to pray. Maybe some comparisons to something like Aliens. Um, not like it's going to be good like that. Just there's elements of this that remind me of those two movies. Sure. And I think this now, will be closer to uh, the score of Prey, to be honest, which was crazy high. Too high. I, I can't wrap my head around that. It's too too high, yeah. It's a good movie, but it was just a very high score. It's okay. Have you thought about that at all since? Uh, a little bit, but I don't. It's it's uh, yeah. I have just not a lot. Now, one that I'm super excited for that I have yet to see. Trailers, TV spots for Scream Six, which we're getting a little refresh. We're in a new city. I did read the official synopsis of this, which I cannot believe I read. Because it has two big things in it. <laughs> that in my head, I'm like, this has to be a misdirect. Because why in the world do you spoil this in your official synopsis? It was a synopsis that got me concerned that I might not like what this is doing. Ooh. Um, I've seen Ghostface with a shotgun, and that's about it. I'm going in this completely blind. Scream 6. Oh, I got to go first on this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What was the last one? What did that get? 65, and you went with 66. No, no, no. What was what Scream oh, 5 get? Scre- Scream 5. It got 76%. 76. Wow. So I we have complained before about these movies just calling themselves like Halloween. You know, we reboot mm-hmm. or The Exorcist, and they did just scream for this one. I'm like, why? Why did they do this? I didn't think about this, but they said the the reason they did it was the whole point of the movie of just treading on um, old movies, you know, making the requels and just literally renaming it that intentionally. Like that was all intentional because that was the whole point of it. I actually think that's pretty brilliant. That has nothing to do with this right now, but there was clarification why they didn't call it Scream 5 because they mentioned 
we're so happy to be able to just call this Scream Six, which is cool. Yeah, uh, but I thought that was that was clever. It uh, there was some thought put into the name. I appreciate that. So seventy six for the last one. Mm, my goodness, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say seventy two percent. See, I'm I'm going. It's funny because with what the last one got and with this one, I'm going lower. And I was going to say 65, but I, I, I feel like I can't go back to back with 65, the movie and this. You could, I mean, 65 <sighs> was tongue in cheek. I mean, that right. was the reason I was gonna do it. I, I'll go, I'll go 65, I'll say 65. So Scream 4, 60%. That is, I don't, I don't get that. I like that one a lot. I think if that comes out now, people are more into it. I could see that. I think now, and it makes me curious, like, will this end up being, uh, could we end up, I'm not going to say a resurgence of Scream, but could this, could we enter into a time where we're seeing a Scream a year, you know? Oh yeah. Which I bet I bet I bet this will be annual depending on how this is received, but yeah, I'll, I'll say I th- and so I think 65 is is decent. So I'll stick with that. I'll say 65. I mean, it's on pace projection-wise. And this could always change obviously, but opening weekend, it's supposed to be like a franchise franchise high. So yeah. there is like a legit hype level to this. And also be aware I think I texted you this. the The ending's already online. <laughs> like it leaked, so I've I've been avoiding everything. I've I've muted words on Twitter like Ghostface and Scream because <laughs> if I get that ruined, having not seen a single frame of this uh, in like a trailer or TV spot, that I'm gonna lose it. I, I feel lucky that I've been able to avoid everything. So even the trailer, the new trailer. Yeah. So did you watch the teaser for that? It was just the teaser in that set. Do they show Samara weaving at all in it? Actually, I don't remember seeing her in it, so no, I don't think so. I saw a poster with her, and uh, she looks great. So, and now I heard about the ghost face and the shotgun scene, but I I didn't I, I saw like a short clip, but that was that was it. I guess the only thing I did see, and I don't remember if it's like the teaser, they're on the subway. Is that mm-hmm. the teaser? And yeah, that's, that's all they like really show? That's part of it. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. that's... Like, I know I've seen that. And um, Anyway, yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh, next movie, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This looks awful. But the first movie got 90%. 90. That seems criminal. Yeah, that's... That that's high. That's very high. I mean, this looks terrible. The DCU or whatever whatever this one's called. It, they're blowing it up. I didn't have any interest in these movies, but man, the Flash looks amazing. <sighs> yeah, I I still I still have huge trepidation, um, and it's not just that, but it's on Shazam. I really like the first Shazam movie, but this one is like it's so hard to, I don't know. I just I I want to like this, but I think that the score is going to go down big time. It's hard to be invested in it when you know it's like probably not going to be a thing moving forward. Yeah, I I will st- I, it will I'm going down, but I'm still keeping it at a like respectable level, and I'm going to say eighty percent. I'm going to say I'm going to say sixty nine percent. I do I do think that will end up happening. Um, I mean, we're living in a world where Ant-Man, Quantumania got 47%. That didn't look as bad as this. No, true. But maybe the expectations aren't as high. I think when this came out, too, like the DCEU had just hit this such like a bad level that if you put out a halfway decent decent movie, critics who saw the movie were going to be pretty soft on it. Right. I don't mind the first one. I like the first one. I just think the villain sucks so much that it just that's all I can think about when I think about that first one. It's how bad the villain is. Mark Strong. And it's not his fault. It's just that character sucks in that movie. (laughs) Yeah. So we have another John Wick movie coming out. John Wick Chapter 4. 
The OG, 86%. Chapter 2, 89%. Chapter 3, 89%. I don't understand that in any way. Those movies have gotten worse every single time, in my opinion. This looks like everything that we've gotten before. So I'm sure they're going to just like completely lose their minds over it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 87%. Wow. I, you know, I want to, I want to end up going lower. Um, but it is tough considering that, I mean, the second and third movie have received 89%. Like it's not gone down like tip what's typical of movies. They have gone up from the first one and they've plateaued at 89%. I feel like I need to say 88%. I know. I kind of, part of me thinks this could even go higher. Oh, 88. I th- I think what if this goes higher? This is like a 92. Yeah. I'm I'm I'll, I will say I'm going to I'm going to go one above and say uh, 88. I think that's smart. If you had gone 87, I would have gone one percentage higher. Just because, like, I, I, I do, I feel the same as you. Like, it looks the same. Um, I do want to rewatch them. They're on HBO right now, but like, I really like the first one. The second one, I'm like, eh. And then the third one, I'm like, all right, cool, but like, not, not a huge fan. And then they just rake in a ton of money. By that third one, I'm like, I get it. I'm a good for Keanu, but man. So the last movie is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, what did I write? Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. The teaser for this uh, a while back, I was like, oh, that could be fun. And then I saw something new. I'm like, yeah, I don't care about this. And I, 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 I'm going to assume this is probably a stink pile. I don't know. Like this could end up, I feel like this could end up being decent, like getting decent reviews Especially with with what uh, Pine said in an interview, he compared it to like Monty Python and something else. I'm like, huh? And that I didn't get that at all in the trailer. Um, but yeah, this I feel like it could get a decent score. So I I didn't know the guys that did it are they like did Game Night. They directed that. Oh right, that's yeah. And they've written a lot of stuff that is decent. They did Vacation, though. That movie sucks so hard. But they wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, or were listed as some of the screenwriters. That's right. Mm, boy, I don't know. This could be a stink pile. Love Chris Pine, though. What are you thinking? Oh, boy. Yeah, I got to say, I'll, I'll go, I'll slap it with a respectable 82%. Oh my goodness. I think this is going to be relatively high. I think this could be, like I said, a stink pile. <laughs> and it's going to be a box office bomb, too. A big old box office bomb. I'm saying 55%. <sighs> I think I do I do think that it will end up not making a lot of money. Oh, it's going to be a bomb. But I I bet it will be one of those I think that people will like it. But it just doesn't make a lot of money. I don't think people are going to come out for it. I do think that of those movies that we've guessed, Cocaine Bear, we'll get like okay business. Uh, I don't know about Creed Three. Oh, I that's going to do great. I think Sixty Five will bomb. Um, well, the problem with Creed Three is it comes out. Uh, is that the same weekend as Sixty Five? Uh, no, Sixty Five Scream. So yeah. Weekend? Right, we've got 65 and Scream coming out the same weekend. You have Creed 3, it gets to the weekend by itself. And then you have Scream 6 the next weekend. That's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. And you also have 65, which will attract some attention. I could see Creed dropping to at least third place. Yeah. And Ant-Man's still out. That could be doing okay. It could, it could, it could go from one to four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from Shazam. I, I think I think John Wick makes a good amount of money. I think Scream oh, yeah. Six makes good money. Sixty five probably won't make a lot, but I don't know how much the budget is. Uh, Creed Three, Strange Time, but that was supposed to come out in November, and they bumped it. I think to not inter, not uh, get trounced by Avatar. 
Yeah. Which in hindsight, maybe you should have just released it at the beginning of November. Yeah. And they've released all those like in November, I feel like, and they were hits. Yeah. It seems like a good time to release that. So they've, I think, set that movie up to fail. Yeah. I'm worried about it right now, to be honest. And you ever figure out, so I told you in the, in the trailers, they kept showing something. I'm like, oh, I understand that, that setting now. That's where they're going to have the big fight. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. I'm avoiding it. I want to see it. Yeah, it's not going to like ruin anything, but I realize uh, watching an older trailer, I was like, oh, that's what that shot was. I understand it now. So it's been there all along. I just didn't piece it together in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, I know we were texting about that, and I I wanted to go back and watch, like, or at least see the trailer, because they dropped a new trailer the day we were texting, the final trailer. Didn't yeah. watch it, but I'm just yeah. too nervous. Yeah, I, I'm, skip it. Yeah. I'll give you a hint, though. The location, it's not someplace I love, but it's something that I love. Hmm. It'll make total sense when you figure it out. Hmm. It's cool, because none of these movies have really um, leaned into like these big boxing matches that are like, let's do it, the Rumble in the Jungle, like something like that. And this is one that's it does it like at a high profile location. It makes me wonder if it's like at uh, like on the beach setting, but it's like the boardwalk. Looks like we get some beach training, which is fun. One of the, one of the best things about Rocky Three is training on the beach. I want it. I'm so curious if Sly will watch this, and he's like saying he won't, but I wonder if he'll, you know, like go against what his brother Frank is saying, and he'll go watch this. I mean, he flat out said, "I can." He goes, "I can never watch it because it hurts so much." It's weird that he's like they took it in a direction that I would never want to take it, which makes me wonder well, what is it. He has said before he doesn't like that it's gone in a dark direction. He that that was apparently a turnoff for him, and I think he's just mad that he's not getting money. So he's like wiped his hands clean, which I get. Like you created this thing and you're not getting profits from it. But um, I can't wait. I'm excited for it. And that is, I had asked you, should I see Quantumania and IMAX? And you said, absolutely not. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't spend the extra money. Creed 3 is one that I think I will see in IMAX because I shot a ton of it for IMAX. And I bet the boxing stuff is going to look amazing. And that's that's where I looking at the movies that would be good to see on the IMAX. And I hadn't thought a lot about this. And and then when you asked me that, because then my girlfriend asked if she should see Quantumanium in 3D. I'm like, eh, I would not. Oh no. Oh. Yeah, but honestly, of the of the movies, I really think Creed three sixty five could be a a, a cool IMAX movie you know mm-hmm. is um, it even gonna be i mean i doubt if it's even gonna be an imax though uh i mean it might I be in some it. theaters but most of those are booked out well in advance and i know creed 3 is like got that got that locked in there's no yeah. way they're just doing that for one weekend right unless they alternate but i i have a hard time believing that and then uh i do think that shazam could be a fun uh imax and then as much as i'm like it looks the same John Wick could also be a fun IMAX movie. But forking over that extra money, though. I mean, if, if money's not an issue, then sure. Everything, I'd see everything in IMAX. But when I got to pay the uh, extra fee, I don't want to sound like a cheap ass here, but I just, I can't. It gets, I can't yeah, it. and that's a thing, too. Like, looking at that, even with the Regal Pass, I mean, you're having to pay those upcharges. You're, you're paying yeah. more. Yeah. Um, I had a free ticket for my wife to see Quantumania, and for us to do the upcharge to see that in IMAX was another $18. <laughs> I'm like, the, uh, n- not worth it. Uh, yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not do it. But you know what? Ant Man numero three was numero two. <laughs> By that, I mean it was poo poo, and I'm deeply, deeply concerned that Fantastic Four is gonna be i mean i've said this the casting for fantastic four is the most important thing that feige and all those crony all i mean i don't know who gets the final say i'm so i'm just gonna say feige it's the biggest thing he's had to do in a long time and i just i have no faith that they're gonna do it right yeah um i'm honestly 
with this going forward, I am worried. And why I'm so worried is because of Kang. And I thought if we have a good setup and everything, you know, hearing about Kang's amazing, this and that, since he's just honestly very like, eh. And that's Kang the Conqueror. He ain't even around no more. He ain't conquered nothing because yeah. he's dead. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, oh, man, that actually really concerns me. And if that's what they're going with, and and it's now, like, this concerns me for the fate of what's next. Also, the slate of movies coming out, outside of Guardians 3, which I'm, like, beyond hyped for, the, the rest of Phase 4 and 5... Outside of maybe Blade, which we haven't seen anything and it's already had issues. A lot of issues, yeah. This slate of upcoming movies for the rest of 4 and 5 are awful. I gotta say, it really depends on what we see next because I don't... I do think that Guardians will be very self-contained still. And as of right now, like, I... I'm worried about the future, but I'm not. It just depends on what we see next, you know? Like, Guardians 3, as I said, will, will be very self-contained. It really, really depends on that Marvel's movie that comes out on November 10th. And then what comes out right after that is Captain America New World Order. I just... I... And I'm really worried about that. I, I just am. It sounds okay, but... Oh my gosh. Like this is the first time where there's not at least multiple movies that I'm super excited for. It's strange. It's just the whole thing is strange. Um, but we've been talking about this long. Enough. <laughs> it's like the uh, Modoc dine. You just, uh, you'll just keep dragging it up. So <laughs> until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.